0: Just getting started in photography? Here are my three must-haves to help you along your way. This is TWIT. This episode of Hands on Tech is brought to you by Plex. Plex is offering TWIT listeners a 30-day free trial of Plex Pass. Go to plex.tv slash TWIT, code TWIT, TWIT. Hey, folks, how are you doing? I am Ant Pruitt. I hope you're doing well. I'm unbelievable as always. And this is Hands On Tech here on TWIT.TV. Thanks for stopping in. Well, I wanted to talk to the folks out there that's just getting started in the world of photography and share my three must-have items to sort of help step your game up when it comes to your photography. So let's take a look at them real quickly here. First and foremost, my must have is a tripod. And now, a tripod can come into many different sizes and shapes and price ranges and so forth, but you have to understand the purpose of the tripod. For example, this is my tripod. It's not a travel tripod. This is big, sturdy, aluminum, but its purpose is to make sure my camera is secured and safe, not going to fall off, and not going to shake during the camera shutter movement. That's the big thing on it. You use your, shot, your tripod to set up your shot for landscapes or long exposures or things of that nature, but the main thing is to make sure that camera is not going to move on the top of that ball head. You also have little mini tripods such as this one here, and it still serves the same purpose, but it just gives you a lower angle, and it gives you a few different undulations that you can play with to, to give you a little more of a dynamic shot. The key with any of these tripods, though, is the pricing. When you're starting out in photography, you learn, man, photography is an expensive hobby. Trust me, I know I've learned. But the thing is, sometimes you're going to have to invest. My advice to you, do not skimp out on your tripod for a couple of reasons. If you spend not enough money on your tripod, more than likely you're going to keep buying tripods because the tripods are not going to hold up. I recommend spending at least 50 bucks if you're going to get a full-size tripod. Don't spend anything less than that. In my experience, when you spend a little bit less, you start having issues with the legs on the tripod getting bent and, and not being stable enough to keep your camera steady. Also, the ball heads or the, or the mounts on the top of the tripod, sometimes they're not as secure as needed to be. So if you have a cheap tripod and you put your camera up there and that camera happens to fall off, you're spending more money on a new tripod and on a new camera. So spend a little bit more on your tripods. This mini tripod right here is not, it's not expensive at all. This is actually a pretty popular one from the folks at Manfrotto and we'll put some links in the bottom of this video and this is a Manfrotto MX, Yeah, it doesn't matter, it's a mini tripod and it's only twenty bucks. Very very worth the buy. Has a quarter twenty thread on the bottom, it will plug into just about any camera that you have. Now my standard tripod here, going to cost a little bit more. This one is another Manfrotto and it's going to run you roughly about hundred and fifty dollars or so Pricing depends on the time of the year, I guess. But again, we get solid construction, extra clamps, extra security, and I know when I put my camera up here, it is gonna be locked down and secured. I don't have to worry about it falling off just in case the wind blows or something like that. And I know my camera is not gonna shake when I'm trying to set up some beautiful nighttime long exposures. So that's tip number one. Get yourself a nice quality tripod. Next. Let's move on over to lenses. I have two different lenses here. Okay, again, I understand it's expensive to get into photography, but fear not. This is a what we call a prime lens. Normally when you buy a camera, it comes with the body and it comes with a lens, formerly known as a kit lens. The kit lens is okay to have to start out with, but there are some limitations with the kit lens. You don't get the same quality of glass, you don't get the same, you know, quality of build, quite honestly, with the kit lens. You can take some nice shots with it, but move on up to the next level with the prime lens. A lot of times with the kit lens, you're going to get a zoom. A prime lens is not going to give you a zoom. This is good because it's going to help you become a better photographer and understand composition. When you have a zoom lens, you can sort of cheat on how you set up your shot. Using a prime lens, not only are you going to get the benefits of better glass and better manufacturing, it's going to force you to think outside the box and figure out how to properly frame up your shot with your fixed focal length. This is a popular nifty 50. If you look on any photographer's community, you're going to see the mention of a nifty 50. This one in particular from Canon has a f-stop of 1.8 so it is great for low light shots and if you want to do some portrait shots you're going to get a beautiful shallow depth of field behind your subject which is that creamy blurry background that you see in portrait shots and it all comes at a low low price of roughly hundred and fifty dollars so for under two hundred bucks you can get an upgrade to the kit lens that came with your camera and get outstanding photography. If you want to step it up a little bit more, this is another prime lens, but notice the difference in size. And if you could feel it through the lens here, uh, this is a little bit heavier than this Nifty 50. This is an 85 millimeter from Canon, still has that f1.8 aperture, but again you have a better quality of glass in this one versus the glass in the Nifty 50. So you're going to spend a few more bucks on this one. I'll put a link to the description in this one as well. but It's definitely not $150 or so. So that's tip number two. Step up from that kit lens, get yourself a prime lens, get yourself used to figuring out how to get the best shot with a set focal length and take the advantages of the higher f-stop. This episode of Hands on Tech is brought to you by Plex. Plex brings together all the media that matters to you in a single app, on any device, no matter where you are. You can organize and stream your personal collection of movies, TV shows, music, and more. As well as enjoy live TV and DVR, all for free. Plex is offering Twit listeners a 30-day free trial of Plex Pass, which gives you access to all of their premium features. Go to plex.tv slash twit, and enter code TWIT to start your free trial of Plex Pass today. That's plex.tv slash TWIT. Lastly, I don't care what camera you're using, you can have a smartphone, you can have a standard DSLR like what I have here, or you can have the best camera in the world. That means absolutely nothing if that camera does not have an adequate light source. So my second tip is to get yourself an additional light source. Some people like to go out and buy a hot shoe flash to put on top of their camera, and that's fine and well. There are good, good uses for that. For my purposes, I like to use a constant light source like this one here, just an LED light panel, and it's not going to flash, but it does come with the advantage of having a cold shoe where I can mount it on the top of my camera, mount it onto a tripod, or if I'm feeling, you know, somewhat creative. I can sit it off to the side somewhere in another spot of my composition. You can have a lot of fun and give your camera a lot more to work with because you're giving it adequate light. These little lights are LED and they will last a long time. You can get some that are run on double A's or lithium ion uh, rechargeable batteries. There's a gazillion of them out there and roughly spend about 20 bucks. What I enjoy about them is the pricing, And you can just easily slap it into your backpack without a problem. So they're super duper portable. On the other end of that spectrum, you have something ultra portable, such as this light. This is the Loom Cube Air. The Loom Cube Air is another great light source. It also has a quarter 20 thread on the bottom. So you could again mount it to your tripod and sit it anywhere in your composition to give it an additional light source. The beauty of this one is it is super duper tough. I have had this cube for a little over a year now. I've dropped it, I've thrown it just to see if I could try to destroy it, and it takes a beating quite well. It even has a super strong magnet on the back, just in case you want to mount it somewhere to light a particular source. And it also comes with a few diffusers and gels to change the light source. So if you need your light to look a little bit warmer, you can use these little gels to put on the front of it and light your source up. It even allows you to connect it to your mobile phone and you can control the light with your mobile phone through its mobile app. It uses Bluetooth to handle all of that. Some people like to set it up as a strobe, so it'll flash on click, or you can just, again, play with the intensity of the light. You don't necessarily have to have it at full power. You can adjust the power down to a quarter or a half whatever your particular framing asks for. All right, so those are my three picks, your must-haves for getting started in the world of photography. These three little tools will help your photography game totally ramp up, trust me on this. Be sure to check out more photography tips on my show, Hands-On Photography, as well as some discussions on focus on photography. Both shows are found right here on twit.tv. Keep up with all the hottest tech news and gadgets. Visit twit.tv. There you'll be able to find and subscribe to all our tech shows. Thanks for watching. Hands on tech.